Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. At Egbert, I'm telling you, what we do without him, we wouldn't have a job. That's absolutely true. We'd be working back at, uh, at uh, that front, that other microphone saying, you want prize with that, sir? That's what we'd be doing. <laughs> I sure would be. It is the All B. Right, be back at some other corporate stress factory. Right. Uh, taking work home with me in my brain. Right. Every time I, uh, uh, I I hear every once in a while your podcast where you talk about the worst case scenario for you would be waking up in the morning and logging into Outlook. I always get a kick oh, out of it. God. <laughs> ah, corporate life. Seven twenty-five. It is BJ dot show. BJ dot show. No, BJ show God, I did it again. BJShow.co. I have a mental mental block with that. Okay. And thanks to everybody who has been spreading the word, who has been retweeting, who has been sharing Instagram posts, YouTube videos, etc. We appreciate everybody who listens when you're coming to and from the Capitol, when you're in St. Louis, when you're anywhere in the world. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We get more and more people every day. It's sort of interesting. Um, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's not surprising, Brad. You know, what, you know what it is? They like to hear a smart guy like you, and they like to hear a dumb guy like me because it's sort of a train wreck. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's when and, the, and, and, and the compliment is registered and appreciated, Brad. Thank it's you. like when the two forces come together. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's like boom, that kind of thing. Okay, um, the Hunter Biden thing. I mean, one more time. Let's let's touch on this. The crazy thing about this is that if he were a regular Joe like you and me, we would be in jail right now. You know what I mean? Of there's, course we would. There's no two ways about that. And, and I, there, but there's nothing. And now again, I'm not defending Hunter Biden here. But but that it's nothing new that you, when you have access to resources. I mean, anybody who lived through the O.J. Simpson trial, which I did, and I was in high school at the time. Anybody who lived through O.J., I mean, what a what an awakening that was. Did I ever tell you about I was I spent a day at the O.J. trial? You're kidding me? No, no, by accident. Well, it was by accident. It's sort of a oh, weird really? story. I was vacationing. I was I was doing one of my one of my uh, my West Coast. Uh, I drove to California. This time, I didn't drive both ways. I rented a one-way car, and I drove out west, drove through Denver, stayed a couple nights in Las Vegas. Wow, nice. Went down to San Diego, stayed in San Diego. And one day, I decided, you know what? I'm going to L.A. and just going to hang around. I'm going to drive through downtown L.A. and see the sights because I've never been through downtown L.A. before. I've been through parts of L.A., been to L.A.X. several times, been to Disneyland uh, on uh, several occasions, but never been in downtown L.A. So I'm driving around in downtown L.A., and I see the... You know, the the sights you see on TV all the time, especially the police shows. You see all the different, you know, the city hall and stuff like that. And I turn a corner and guess what? I'm at the L.A. County Courthouse. And I'm going like, whoa, this is the O.J. trial. So I park my car down the street a few blocks and I get out and I spend my day at the O.J. trial outside. Now, what a lot of people didn't realize was, first off, there was a, a whole 
other world happening outside the OJ trial because there were people standing on the corners, panhandling like crazy. There were whole groups of musicians playing music, trying to get discovered. Uh, there were people selling trinkets and, you know. It's its own economic ecosystem. <laughs> yes. And the crazy thing about it was across the street, and I guess it was like an older court building they didn't use anymore, and there was a big parking lot behind it, is what they called OJ City. And, <laughs> no, seriously. So it's like Tent City well, if it was well, for refugees. Here's what it was. It was all the media people, all the satellite trucks and stuff like that, plus they had campers and things like that. And the, the staff... I don't know about the reporters. The reporters are probably in the you know Four Seasons stuff like that. But the engineers and the techs and stuff like that lived in OJ City, and so they had like a they had was it so they'd have like RVs and such. And oh they yeah, could like yeah. Spend the oh night yeah, there? yeah, yeah, campers and RVs. And the interesting part of it was, if you remember, this is sort of interesting. If you remember, there was this shot that I think that was when Court TV was big time and and CNN was there and the whole bit. And there was a shot of like. There was an anchor desk, and over their back shoulder was the L.A. County Courthouse. Okay, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can't visualize it right now. Okay, Go but ahead. but what's interesting was that was actually a three-level platform. It was like scaffolding they built, and I think CNN was on the bottom section, and Court TV was on the center section, and NBC was on the top section. So essentially, they all had the same view, but what you didn't realize, they were stacked on top of one another. Interesting. Okay, nice. so That's smart. So the interesting thing is I got there. The, the You got there probably about 9.30 in the morning. Everybody was 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 you know in there in already. So I'm, ta- I'm walking around, talking to the various techs and things like that, and they're literally cameramen, cameramen who are like laying on the front on the front there's a little bit of a front lawn there they're laying on the front lawn you know getting getting some z's and the whole bit and then at about eh, i don't know maybe it's 11 11 45 the door flies open to the courthouse and someone yells they're done they're on the way down so immediately all the cameramen pick up their cameras and everybody and you were there on this day brad I was there. I, I, it was a day. I mean, it was one of the days of the trial. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, I was there. And so all the cameramen and everybody, they pick up their cameras. And the routine was, and you saw all these these Lincoln Town cars, these blank, black Lincoln Town cars pull up in front of the county courthouse. And the police, you know, ushered them in the whole bit. And the routine was... Out comes Johnny Cochran, and the cameramen follow him out. They stick, <laughs> they stick in a microphone in his front, in front of the reporters, going, "Johnny, Johnny, what, what do you think of what happened this morning?" And Johnny just smiles and waves. The camera people doesn't say anything. He gets in his limousine, takes off, or his, his Lincoln, Lincoln Town Town car. Then Robert Kardashian comes out, and same thing, Mr. Kardashian, Mr. Kardashian, what do you think what happened this morning? And he waves to the crowd and the whole bit. He gets in his in his car and takes off. And then the third attorney, I can't remember who that was, he gets in his car, takes off. And all the cameramen put their equipment down and go back to sleep. (laughs) Like, and I said to one of the guys, I said, I said one of the guys, I go, is this the way it is every day? Oh yeah, every day. Says he says, if you had been here in the morning, they all show up. They, they, you know, the police usher the, you know, to the the black the black uh, Lincoln Continentals, Lincoln Town cars up to the front desk, and Johnny gets out and he waves to the crowd, and the cameramen follow him in, and the reporters are, Mr. Cochran, Mr. Cochran, and you know, then at lunch break and then at dinner break when they go home for the day, it's the same thing. Yeah, he says, yeah, and, he same lo- and he looks at and me. And it's theatrics. Well, I he mean, looks at me. Everybody was glued to the. My parents love that. Well, love that. I mean, they watched it every day. He looks at me and he says, it's just like Groundhog Day. I still yeah, remember that. Yeah, the same thing over and over. Okay. Um, as far as last night, okay, let's talk about a little bit of national publicity. We have our national uh, politics. We have. 
the debates down to two. Essentially, it's down to Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. And, of course, we have Trump trying to steal them thund- their thunder, doing a town hall solo by himself. Right. I, you know, And you're not including Vivek in that, huh? Well, he wasn't in it. Well, yeah, but, I mean, when you say it's down to two, in the debate, it was down to two on that stage. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, but Vivek, Vivek is still. Let, let's be honest. Unless th- Trump gets thrown in jail, you know, I mean, and I, I'm going to hurt some people's feelings. I'll people, people who are Ron DeSantis fans or Nikki Haley's fans or stuff like that. Unless Trump gets thrown in jail, there ain't nothing going to happen. You know, I mean, those people I don't agree. have a snowball's chance in hell. Right. I mean, because Trump's the man. And I'm not saying Trump's the man like I'm the like I'm the I'm the Trump mega fan. I'm saying read the tea leaves. He's leading by huge amounts of 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 you know percentage points everywhere. I don't care where. Now, the big deal is of course Monday with Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, and now they're already saying, well, what's going to happen is uh uh you know uh, uh Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are just jockeying for position because they want to be that number two. So if Trump does go, does go throw, get thrown in jail, they'll be the standby and they'll be the presumptive uh, candidate for the Republican Party in the 2024 presidential election. I'm going like, I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. So you bring up a good point, Brad. This is Donald Trump's party now. And I mentioned this when when Scott Fawn had me and Stephanie Bell on the show a couple weeks ago. Those of us who came up in the political party system, and that includes most people who are listening to this right now, at least in podcast form, most of us came up through the traditional Republican Party system and you know, that had township committee people, oh, yeah. and county yeah. committee yeah. people, right. and you cared what the state party said. And that changed in 2015 and 2016 and then the ensuing years. And some people think it's a terrible thing. And some people think it's a wonderful thing. Well, and it doesn't matter how, how I feel about it or how you feel about it, but it's different now. You don't have to work your way up being a precinct, you know, a, a, a precinct captain and then a township leader and then a county leader. This is Donald Trump's party right now. Okay, I liken it to baseball, okay? And, mm-hmm. and here's my analogy, okay? Let's say you're a star high school baseball player and you get drafted by one of the, the big league teams and you're going to go to one of the minor league teams. Or let's say mm-hmm. you go to college and you go to college, okay? Mm-hmm. So you start out in probably, if you're pretty good, you'll start out maybe in rookie ball. Maybe they'll put you right up to, uh, to a, a ball, which is the lowest of, of the, the three tiers uh, below rookie ball. And let's say you spend a year in a league and you do pretty well and they bunch, bump, bump you up to double A. And then another year you hit a bunch of homers or your, your pitcher, you, you strike out everybody in a game and you have a perfect <laughs> game. And they bump you up to triple A ball. And then you're waiting for the call. You're waiting for the call to go to the show. You're waiting for the call to go to the show, to the bigs. And one day you you get that call and bango you're playing for the cardinals okay here's donald trump donald trump is in the stands and yells to the coach hey that pitcher sucks i can pitch better than he can and the coach looks at trump and says dude get out there and throw an inning so he yeah. goes out to the mound and he strikes out the side that's the analogy between exactly. what Trump... It's like, and, and there are very few players that have ever skipped the minor leagues right. and gone on. And if you worked... What, what I think you're getting at, Brad, is if you worked and you went to college and you went to A-ball, B, you know, double A, triple A, you say, 
who is this son of a gun right. to even think he can come in here and not pay his dues and be the president? Yeah, exact same thing. And and that's and like but you and you said that even to the point where Franklin County's thinking about doing that, uh where uh, the candidate vetting, yeah. Right. The candidate has to be vetted by what is it, the Republican committee of Franklin County, is that what it is? Yeah, and, and I I don't mean to interrupt, Brad, but but news on that. Your your friend Mark McCloskey uh ten days ago or maybe a week ago appeared uh I think it was the day before he was on our show, he spoke to the St. Louis County or I'm, I'm sorry, St. Louis City Republican Central Committee and was fully in favor of vetting. And it's like, hey, you guys are right. We need to have a stamp of approval for these candidates. John, I, 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 I truly doubt what you just said. I Why think, is that? I think that was totally made up because are there any Republicans in St. Louis City? <laughs> I mean, are... Hey, there's, there's been a handful. I think they're hiding out in St. Louis Hills. Now, <laughs> think... Brad, to go back to your baseball analogy with, with Trump for a minute here, let's take that a bit further. In that, Let's say you and I are Cardinal fans, right? We've been, we've both been, we, that's not an exaggeration. We've been lifelong Cardinal fans. Speak for yourself. I'm not a Cardinal fan anymore. I'm, I'm, What's that? I'm not a Cardinal fan anymore. You're, are you serious? No, I'm not a Cardinal fan anymore. I didn't know that. And, and okay, let's explore that. And let me do my analogy and then okay. we'll come back to you not being a Cardinal fan. If, if I, so I'm a Cardinal fan and I'm not a big fan of Ali Marmel the Cardinals manager right now, right? And I think there's, I think he's got a lot of flaws. Let's just leave it at that. But he is our manager going into, right now, going into the 2024 season. So how I feel about it right now, I'm not going to get him fired as manager. I'm not going to stop Donald Trump from being, from being the Republican nominee. I think that, in fact, I think he's going to be our nominee and I'm going to vote for him. But the fact that I think that there could be a better manager out there than Ali Marmol, I still want the Cardinals to win. So when Ali Marmel comes out on the field on opening day, I'm going to be right there with everybody clapping for him because he's our guy. I hear what you're saying. Okay, um, let me change a different subject. Yesterday I heard a report on another radio station that a study has been uh, taken by, I guess, DESI, the state of Missouri, the whole bit. What's DESI stand for again? Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. And they've come out with the, uh, the earth-shattering fact that there would be no learning uh, loss if the, the schools in the state of Missouri went to a four-day week. Okay. If they went Monday through Thursday, okay? Can I tell you that I think that that is the absolute positive worst thing you can do? Because what you're doing is you're preparing these kids ultimately to go out into the job world. And when they go out into the job after they only go to school Monday through Thursday, <laughs> and the boss says on Thursday, see you tomorrow, and, and the kid says, Tomorrow it's Friday. It's yeah. Friday. There's Friday. no way. Right. Well, well, yeah, yeah. We work on Friday. No, we don't. Friday is the day off. I, I, I heard this and I thought to myself, this is just BS. I that, know how. You, now, Brad, remember that you and I on this topic, we are digging in our heels on society changes, and every employer is going through this right now. I read a story about this yesterday. Every employer is going through the fact that if you do not offer work from home in a corporate environment, you might as well just forget attracting top talent. Nobody wants to go, and, and now you push back on me and you say, John, there are some people that want to go to the office, and I'm sure there's a handful of people that want to go to the office. But if you're offered a job where you can either choose to work at the office or choose to, quote, work 
from your home office while you get some laundry done, while you do some gardening, while you take a nap? What are people going to choose? But see, what you're, what you're assuming is everybody can do their job from home. Like, for example. I'm not, I'm not assuming that. Well, now, if you're a lineman working for Ameren, that's what you I'm can't saying. fix a telephone pole or you can't f- fix an electrical line sitting from in your kitchen table or you're taking a nap. Right. I completely and agree. You can't drop a, an engine into a Colorado out of the GM assembly line out in Wentzville from your house. Okay. And Brad Hildebrand can't sell an ad. <laughs> To simply Bella just doing a Zoom call. Like, you got to go out to Lake St. Louis. I did. <laughs> I really did. I did several I, times. I, but, I mean, that's a perfect example but, of there's always that face-to-face thing. If you're, if you're working in government relations in Jefferson City, you, you're not just going to Zoom a state legislator and say, hey, let's talk about that bill, pal. Okay. You want to be hanging out. You want to be at the bar. You want to be – did I say bar? You want to be in the halls of the Capitol – talking to these legislators. Okay, I'm going to mention Mark Reardon again yesterday because I listened to him in the afternoon, and he talked about this, and he talked about this very topic, and he said that when he first got in the radio business, and he's younger than me, but same thing with me, standard work week was six days a week. We work six days a week. We've had, I believe it, yeah. You either had Saturday off or Sunday off. You work six yeah. days a week. There was no, well, and then it got to the point where, like, with Guy Phillips and then with also with, with Frank Opinion and, like, this stupid crap with, with Howard Stern. He only, Guy Phillips and, and Frank Opinion got to the point where they didn't work. And even Charlie Brennan at Camwex, he didn't work Fridays. Dude. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Really? Near the end, it went before he retired. They, got, they all got Friday off. And I'm going, dude, if you can't show up and sit down in a damn chair and talk in front of a microphone for five days a week, just dig the hole, bury yourself, and throw the dirt in on top of yourself because it ain't hard labor. It's not like we're busting, you know, we're picking up bales of hay or we're, you know, moving, yep. you know, we're moving bricks around or we're picking up, you know, you know, bundles of, of, of stuff in a warehouse. You're it sipping, you're hard. cracking open your Mountain Dew and right. you're just sitting there talking. Or in to their case, they're, they're sipping their coffee, you know, hey, they're sitting there, their fat rumpus down in a chair. And once again, if you can't work five, it's just like this whole crazy thing with Howard Stern. Oh, he's so amazed that he got covid dude get, <laughs> get over it you know the whole crazy thing because you know he he puts himself he's like the boy in the bubble he puts himself in a hermetically oh, don't get seat. me started on that God. and as we go to break remember that most folks that are if you're listening to this on a thursday most folks that have kids have their kids home a half day today <sighs> all day tomorrow for professional development across the st louis region and of course they're home on Monday to celebrate the life and the legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. So it's essentially pretty much a five-day weekend for kids. Professional development, Brad. Teachers don't get enough of it. Don't even start me, okay? It's I'm going to start with you. You know what? I have, I have a whole list of things here that are just called Brad's Hot Buttons, and that's one of them. <laughs> Okay, we'll this be back. This has been brought to you by St. Louis Public Radio. Yes, right. Thank you, Jason Rosenbaum. Uh, we'll be back. 